Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. How's it hanging, hockey fans? Welcome back to Casing the League on Believe Network, bringing you top NHL headlines, hot topics, and, well, not really Stanley Cup final best bets anymore because the Stanley Cup final wrapped up last night as the Vegas Golden Knights hit the ice, brought the heat, and steamrolled the Florida Panthers 9-3 to to lift the cup at the end of the night, the first franchise cup lift for the Vegas Golden Knights, a six-year-old franchise. So there's a lot to unpack there, but we're not done with the betting portions quite yet. Just not Stanley Cup final best bets. Of course, we have to be rude as the Stanley Cup barely has made its rounds around the, I don't know, Las Vegas Strip. Of course, we have to start already talking about who's going to be hoisting the 2024 Stanley Cup. But first and foremost, the numbers that we will break down in this episode of Casing the League will be brought to you by the one and only Bet Online, your number one source for all of your championship finals, info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for the year's NBA and Stanley Cup finals or NBA and Stanley Cup final futures. BetOnline is your sports intel headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your insider sports waging needs from basketball and hockey to MLB, UFC, and boxing. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your home. Get into the action today. Head to the website or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And that game not only starts at BetOnline, but it continues year-round because with hockey being done, with basketball being done, baseball is in full swing, NFL futures are live and ready to go. So be sure to check out all things over there at BetOnline, which just brings me back to the most important conversation of today. Let's just say that Bruce Cassidy has an ex in the wings just waiting to figure out how to slide into his DMs to say, hey, honey, we're so sorry about how we treated you and how we dismissed you. Uh, how you doing? Yeah, of course you got to use those new terms to put it into perspective because the Boston Bruins, after their President's Trophy, President's Trophy curse exit, excuse me, guys, uh, they're probably missing a guy that they dismissed quite quickly. Of course, there's the President's Trophy reverse curse to look forward to next season. Can the Boston Bruins make it to the Stanley Cup final? Although the curse didn't work in favor of the Florida Panthers hoisting the cup, it did at least aid them getting to a final. And then, of course, as the game went on, you just kind of started to find out little by little what injuries Florida Panthers players were working through. Now, I will say this. We know that this is kind of the name of the game for every team that faces a significant loss. You find out that their top players were working through the most crucial injuries. And it just goes to show you, look, hockey players are a different breed. I mean, Matthew Kachuk had a broken sternum. He couldn't even get his jersey on. He couldn't even get his clothes on. His brother had to help him out of bed. His teammates had to help him get his skates on, get his jersey on. Like To go to those extremes and to still try to even suit up for a game is insane. I know somebody who covers the Lightning more specifically. You know, We heard things from hip impingements to broken fibulas to uh, shredded rotator cups. I mean, these guys are just made of steel. I look at every hockey player as if he's Iron Man. Um, and 
just to think I, if I get a paper cut, I wouldn't think twice about having to overexert myself to do anything. It's not that severe or dramatic, but just to say that most of us wouldn't even think to outwork a certain injury that can be so detrimental. So we found out a lot of interesting things. You had Ekblad with a broken foot since the Boston Bruins series. Every Florida Panther player really got banged up in that first round, but that's what happens when you come out fighting and you show the NHL that you've got that dog in you, which is exactly what they showed. So a huge congratulations still to the Florida Panthers for making it as far as they did as the eighth seed coming into the coming into the playoffs. Um, Matthew Kachuk alone, I mean, just the driving force that he was for his team, the inspiration, the motivation, and even though it wasn't all about Matthew Kachuk. He's really a big, big reason why they made it as far as they did. And if it wasn't him, it was Montour. If it wasn't Montour, it was Vahegi. If it wasn't for Hagee, it was Duclair. So even though they didn't really register the same depth as the Vegas Golden Knights, they had uh, depth and grit. That's the way that I'll paint that picture. So enough about the Florida Panthers, though, because, of course, we've got to brag about the team that matters, the team that lifted the cup at the end of the night. And then we got to talk about some con Smythe, what those bets were looking like heading into game five and who ended up raising it at the end of the night. So if you guys have not caught what broke down in that game yesterday, which I'm sure everybody has by now, you know that the first period came out hot and heavy. The Vegas Golden Knights were not playing around. And what you have to love and respect about Bruce Cassidy is the fact that he put out a nice starting line of misfits. If you don't know who the misfits are, it's those expansion guys that joined this team that were part of the, the blossoming of this franchise. And they were looked at as guys that were no longer wanted by their own teams. Boo-hoo. The only reason I say boo-hoo, though, is because Jonathan Marchesso should have still been in a Tampa Bay Lightning jersey, but that's a conversation for another day because everybody keeps associating him with the Florida Panthers because that's where he got drafted from, but his legacy is Syracuse Crunch and the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I would love that correction to be put on the record. Thank you very much. Now, first period opens up, and of course, leave it to the Stone Cold Captain Mark Stone to open the scoring, not just by... A nice slap shot? No. Not by a beautiful wrister? Oh, 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 no. Um, Not just puck luck? Absolutely not. No, this guy had to flex so hard as to pick up a shorthanded goal. You know how many shorthanded goals the Vegas Golden Knights had throughout playoffs? Let's go with a big, fat goose egg. Let's hit you with a nil. No shorthanded goals, and then all of a sudden the captain comes in and decides that that's how he's going to open the scoring for Game 5 and the opportunity to shut down the Stanley Cup final. Okay. I'm being enthusiastic, but still. Zero shorthanded goals opens the scoring with a shorthanded goal. I rest my case. Then, after that, the domino effect started to come into play, but not too bad. They closed out the first period with a 2-0 lead, thanks to Haig. And then the steamroll really came about in the second period as they picked up four goals alone in the second period. Mind you, as I mentioned, this was a 9-3 dominant performance by the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, uh, you have the Panthers that had their moments that looked like they were able to somewhat get back into the game, but when I tell you that I've talked about how well the Vegas Golden Knights play in all zones, I've talked about how much of a complete package this team is, and Last night was just a showcase of that. Um, this looked like an exhibition game in so many different ways. No offense to the Florida Panthers. Honestly, I mean that. But still, um, their penetration when, when, when attacking Borowski with shots, the fact that Jonathan Marchesso's line with Eichel and Barbashev had 12 scoring chances and seven high danger scoring chances. Eichel closed the night with three points. Shea Theodore closed the night with three points. And 
Mark Stone closed the night with a freaking hat trick. Like, this is why I have to refer to it as an exhibition game, because it's just like the memes that say, stop, he's dead already. That was the tone from the middle of the first period all the way through the rest of the game. So as I mentioned, Mark Stone picks up a nice little hattie. That third goal that he got was an empty nutter. Um, opened up with a shorthanded goal, then picks up another another normal goal. Now, what I loved about Mark Stone's line is that him, Howden, and Stevenson, they were going to town in game four. Howden had so many scoring opportunities. I thought he was going to want to get one back. I had him listed as an anytime goal last night. Of course, that didn't check out, but it's totally fine. It was a great show to watch regardless. And then Mark Stone, I just had him for over half a point. So if you took that bet, congratulations, because he tripled down on it in such a fantastic form fashion. And then what else did we have? We had Anthony Duclair for an anytime goal because when Duclair, Lundell, and Barkov were together in games one and two, they were the most productive line for the Florida Panthers. And then of course, with Matthew Kachuk being out of the lineup last night, I thought that, you know, the fate of the team was going to rest on their shoulders. Duclair had some scoring opportunities. Um, Lundell, of course, continued to play strong having some moments where he was jamming up the net, but it actually was not their line as the most dominant line. No, it was Carter Verhage once again, really producing those scoring chances and opportunities. Just, it wasn't enough. And as we talked about heading into this series, when they were comparing the blue liners, you had a quality amount of offensive defensive men for the Florida Panthers. And then the Vegas Golden Knights defensive men were just looked at the sizable options that do well in their D zone, well in their D zone. Last night, the Vegas Golden Knights defenseman decided to say, hey, we can do the offensive thing too. We just don't like to show off, especially because we're not skating for 20 minutes a night. We're only skating for about 18 minutes a night. So then you get Hay, who puts up that second goal in the first court, in the first period. And then you've got Martinez that wants to get in on the action. And by the way, a third time Stanley Cup champion. Yes. And then you got Petrangelo, as always, loading up in the assist column, uh, secondary assists. And then you got Shea Theodore with his three points and his three primary assists. It was just a complete beatdown from top to bottom, from your wingers to your centers to your defensemen. The Vegas Golden Knights showed that they should never be counted out again. And they also wanted some of the robberies back from previous deep postseason runs since the franchise came about. And then speaking of robberies, let's just talk about the criminal, the actual hooded figure between the pipes last night. I don't mean this insulting. I'm raving about this guy, Aiden Hill, with the saves that he had. Are you kidding me? He committed crimes between the pipes last night. He denied the Florida Panthers their dreams, their hopes, and everything else in between. Aiden Hill is not only a Stanley Cup champion, but he is a hero. And this is coming from a guy who wasn't consistently forced to put the team on his back and stand on his head between the pipes. He just was so consistent, so smooth in the saves that he was making. And if you haven't heard or seen Henrik Lundqvist's breakdowns of his mobility when he's playing Nightminder, go back and listen to some of them, pull them up from the TMT broadcast because it just puts into perspective what Aiden Hill has been doing there. And mind you, this was at best an AHL goaltender and not disrespecting the AHL by saying that, just there wasn't much talks of him having a future in the NHL. And now he just made the biggest bargain and negotiation for him to have a great NHL career. And then think about the depth that this team has at that goaltender position. Aiden Hill was like their fifth backup goalie. You're talking about the backup, 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 backup goalie that just helped the Vegas Golden Knights secure a Stanley Cup. Take that in for a second. 
that doesn't even talk about the depth that this team has when you're not talking about your leaders such as Mark, Mark Stone, March or so, Barbashev, Petrangelo, Stevenson. Yeah, the depth goes on and on. The younger guys on this roster that are going to do big things, I love watching Brett Howden play and the way that he produced throughout these playoffs. I hope that he has a spectacular future coming about. He started his career with some pretty decent organizations. That developmental stage is crucial. We've seen that. Then you've got, you know, that fourth line that just was so dominant, so fierce, and such a carrier for this team in moments, even though that second line was probably their most productive line throughout all of playoffs. So between the goaltending, between this roster, between the depth, and of course, it all starts at the head, coach Bruce Cassidy, this team was very much positioned and well-poised to be Stanley Cup champions. So who knows if those guys have even slept yet? I don't even know if the strip is still standing, but I do know that whoever survived the night and tweeted so far today had themselves a ball and a blast. And of course, I just have to give a massive shout out to everyone that covers the NHL, all of the writers, all of the broadcasters, all of the podcasters. Look, 82 games is one thing. 82 games through playoffs is another thing. Staying on top of this information, popping on and doing show after show after show. It's exciting. But it is a taskful job. So just know I appreciate each and every one of you guys' work. I appreciate the statistics, the information, the articles, the podcast, the guests that we've had on. Molly Walker was amazing. She was so insightful. I can't wait to have her back on the show. Shakri Wrights was great. His hockeynews.com page for the Boston Bruins just launched. So Bruins fans, make sure that you are subscribed and checking that out consistently. You got D'Angelo for the Tampa Bay Lightning for hockey news, as well as uh, Bolt's breakdown here on Believe Network. And then up and coming, we're going to talk to some Kraken reporters because we got to talk about those teams that made not only a splash this season, but also let teams know they're coming for that cup next year and they're true contenders at the end of it all. So if you guys have not caught up to date on any of these new shows or these writers, be sure to check them out, which takes us over to kind of wrapping up a quick little casing the league show not too much hot topics going on rangers get a new coach but when it comes to the coaching carousel and trades and potential contracts that are out there in lieu we're going to make that one specific episode so we can really break it down because as you guys know with the nhl with all sports really but the nhl specifically this cap situation is a little hectic and we found out i don't know first thing this morning east coast time at least that the vegas golden knights were working through or able to be in compliance with some insane cap space. They went over by $14 million when everything was all said and done, but they handled their LTIR with perfection. So to close out the season, what I think what the number was, was $96.5 million of cap space. It's insane. So I want to hear you guys' thoughts. Do you think this LTIR is a little bit of a band-aid to allow franchises to, I don't know, hit over that cap space or does something need to be done to put this back into place? I know that when COVID hit and there was taxi squads and there was uh, different protocols for call-ups from the AHL that kind of finessed and screwed with the capital a little bit. And as a person that covers the Tampa Lightning, we've been in cap issues for years now. So that's why I want to take time to dive into not only those contracts, but what the cap spacing is going to be and the new coaches that are coming in and out. But the one thing that I will quickly say before we wrap up and talk about the Stanley Cup champions just a little bit more and some Stanley Cup futures is, is anybody surprised by Jason Spezza going to the Penguins and becoming their assistant general manager? That bromance between him and Dubas, I it was, I thought it was very obvious. They loved working together. They planned to work together, but 
I have to say I'm slightly surprised that he ended up as the assistant GM while Dubas's hockey operations and was so slyly able to say he's not going to GM anywhere else and mean it, but not mean it. I don't know. Later breakdown to come here on Casing the League on Believe Network. And if you don't follow me at the Sports Case KASE, go do so now so you can stay up to date on all brand new episodes, coverages, and all the fantastic guests we will continue to have on Casing the League. You can also follow Casing the League, that's K-A-S-I-N-G, on Twitter. Now let's get cracking over to our Stanley Cup champions. Heading into this series... We had Vegas wins game five at a minus 166 brought to you by Bet Online. Um, when we had Molly Walker on, we discussed any chances that the Florida Panthers would have of winning. And both Molly and I decided, look, it looks like it's going to be uh, the Vegas Golden Knights sealing the deal. We thought it was going to be a little bit more of a low scoring game, which brings us to last night's over under of five and a half goals under five and a half was sitting at a plus 115 over was sitting at a minus 127. And Look, a nine to three win is a clear over, but it was very unexpected that it would, I don't know, that it would domino effect the way that it did. I, uh, we knew that Matthew Kachuk was a key piece for the Florida Panthers, but we also had hope in guys like Stahl, Cousins, Ekblad, Forsling, Montour to, you know, be able to fill that void with Kachuk being out of the lineup. And that just wasn't the case. But again, it just continues to show you that fate was on the side of the Vegas Golden Knights. Now heading into game five, your top four guys in the con Smythe conversation, Jonathan Marchesso leading the charge here um, at a minus 600. Then you had Aiden Hill at a plus 1200, Matthew Kachuk plus 1500 and Jack Eichel at a plus 2200. I feel like Eichel needs like a little bit more respect on his name. I get what Aiden Hill and Matthew Kachuk brought to the table. I am not dismissing that whatsoever, but I mean, Come on, his first postseason, he topped everyone with postseason points, closing out the Stanley Cup final with 26. He had a three-point night last night. And the point streaks that he went on and his passing game, his passing technique, he was a crucial part in the playoff success that the Vegas Golden Knights have now found. And then he sat at a plus 2,200 for the Conn Smythe conversation. Jeez, guys. But we know who deserved it and who ended up winning it at the end of the night. That's right. Jonathan Marchesso is your Conn Smythe trophy winner, trophy holder. If you didn't see the video of him asking where to put the trophy once they got off the ice last night, I encourage you to go to Twitter right this second and look up Jonathan Marchesso holding the Conn Smythe trophy, asking his the staff of the Vegas Golden Knights, what do I do with this trophy? And everyone's just recording him and smiling at his face. And he's like, it's not funny. <laughs> like, I'm serious. What do I do with this thing? I'm ready to put it down. Hey, you need two hands to have a champagne party or to drink beer, shotgun and beer, all the antics that go down to celebrate a Stanley Cup champion. So the guy just wanted his hands and nobody was helping him out. It was hysterical. But a well-earned congratulations goes to Jonathan Marchesso for winning the Conn Smythe look. After the fact that he went on the goal streak, he had 13 goals in 13 games, number one. He had 12 assists, 25 points, and he sat at a plus 17. That means whenever this man was on the ice, offensive moves were being made and pucks were landing on net. But most importantly, it was also the fact that a lot of his 13 goals came either from the power play, I think three or four of them came from the power play, and they were equalizers to put the Vegas Golden Knights back in a game. Three of those equalizers came in from 
round three to round four. There was one equalizer where he responded to the Dallas Stars opening the scoring in period one. Then he had two equalizers versus the Florida Panthers leveling the scoreboard and putting them back in the game. Mind you, to just see how well this Vegas Golden Knights team was able to conduct and command the ice to win it all in game five. Most of us had bets that this was going to at least a game six, and then majority had bets of this going to a game seven. So this landing at a game five last night was a huge huge participation of what Jonathan Marchesso produced throughout playoffs, which brings us quickly over to these NHL futures. Now the Vegas Golden Knights are not sitting at the top of the charts, but we talked about that president's trophy reverse curse and the Boston Bruins opportunity to potentially make another run and make it to the Stanley cup final. They're sitting at that plus 800 brought to you by bet online. Vegas Golden Knights shortly behind at a plus 900. Colorado Avalanche. So when you look at a couple different sports books here, Colorado Avalanche are actually sitting ahead of the Boston Bruins as well as the Vegas Golden Knights. And I don't see anything wrong with that. If you look at the Colorado Avalanche and what they were able to accomplish this season without their captain, with a lot of games coming down to how well uh, Miko Rantanen wielded his stick, yeah, McKinnon out with injury and then rejoining and then jumping the charts statistically. It's just everything that should have kept the Colorado Avalanche out of even being in playoffs did not hold them back. And then the games where they responded, you had multiple two goal games for Miko Rantanen or McKinnon that helped them survive to game seven versus the Seattle Kraken. So once they get their captain back in Gabriel Lanskog or they can remain healthy or the experience and veteran presence of an Eric Johnson or to think that Miko Rantanen can get any better than he did this past year. The Colorado Avalanche are going to go far next season if health is on their side. So some of those other sports books, they kind of have the Colorado Avalanche leading the charge there. I'm not surprised by that, but you can't count out the Boston Bruins as long as they don't go through any major moves. And I would love if they can keep Orlov and Bertuzzi if they can yeah, they're right back in the race there. Allmark was the top goaltender in the league. He was dealing with his own injuries. They had the offensive firepower that they could have competed with any team out there. Yeah, including the Oilers, who were probably the top offensive team out there. But look at the power play uh, percentage between the Boston Bruins and the Oilers. They There wasn't that much of a difference between the two. There was just more consistency in one, and that being the Oilers. Now, I think the other big question here is, will a Canadian team finally contend and be a part of the Stanley Cup final conversation in all seriousness? The Maple Leafs aren't too far out of that conversation. They stepped up defensively this past season. But with all the moves going on in the GM sit in the GM seat <laughs> and the promises that Dubas made before he got dismissed. We don't even know if this core four is going to stay intact. Uh, you got Austin Matthews who's due for a fat contract and you've got another team with cap space issues and constraints that they're going to have to work against. So putting all this in mind, I know that it's fun to talk about futures, but until we get more of a settled roster, we have no idea who's going to be able to stick around and contribute or who's going to be their main guy if they're able to contain them or not. So who do I think my top choices are from this NFL futures list? Boston Bruins, if they can keep Orlov and Bertuzzi, I think that they'll be back in it. I think they'll go farther than round one, that's for sure. But I don't want to take away from the New York Rangers and the package that they had going on heading into the playoffs, the veteran presence they have. I know that they probably likely won't keep Patrick Kane, but they have one of the top centers in Savannah Jed. We talked about that with Molly Walker. 
Then you've got the Colorado Avalanche. I just went on that whole spiel. If they can stay healthy, then they can stay in it. You got the Vegas Golden Knights who contractually, they've got a lot of guys that they can bring back for the most part. They also have that youthful depth that we talked about also. So the Vegas Golden Knights sitting top of the charts and making a back-to-back appearance in the Stanley Cup final is not too far-fetched. The Florida Panthers, I think they learned a big lesson in the Stanley Cup final that even though they muscled their way out of rounds one, two, and three, they have to bring a more skilled approach to their game. And we saw Paul Maurice switch up his lines a lot. I think he'll find more consistency in what lines pair well together and where the chemistry truly lies. So rather than going through eight to ten line changes, he can kind of narrow that down to, I don't know, the four consistent lines or up to six consistent line changes. New Jersey Devils have to pick up defensively and they've got to get a better guy between the pipes or at least more consistent. I know, I know he picked things up in round two, but still consistency in your goaltender is key, which brings me to the last team here, the Dallas Stars. They started off with a guy who was highly, highly regarded, top five goaltender in the league, top three goaltender in the first round of playoffs, and then he just completely fell off, Ottinger. So the consistency between the pipes is crucial for any team to continue round by round to stack. Um, I'm a little offended that Tampa Bay Lightning aren't so close in here because the biggest issue with the Tampa Bay Lightning was not really a health issue. It was having the right deep pairings to lock down their defensive zone. When you lose a guy like Ryan McDonough, you lose a tone changer back there. And then Victor Hedman had an early injury. Uh, upper body injury that was when the Tampa Bay Lightning had their West Coast tour, I think, early October of the season. So Tampa Bay Lightning are not far off. One of the best coaches in the league in John Cooper, enough of a veteran presence. We know that the one name that's on the chopping block is Alex Kalorn, and that's just because of the pay date that he is very much due. Ross Colton might get traded, but outside of that, the acquisitions that they've brought in over the last year and a half are guys that can continue to help push this team round by round, and especially out of that first round. I do not want them to see Toronto again, but I know that they can take them next season as long as they situate their defensive zone. They also had young defensemen that will have another year under their belt, a training camp with this team, and will be able to produce that much more. Nick Perbix being the top of that list for me. Also, looking at what he did over for Team USA and Finland, this guy's going to come in ready to produce and anchor that blue line for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So this is always a fun conversation because you see the potential uh, and then you've got to reevaluate this potential once a lot of trades are made and contracts are secured and locked in. So it's going to be uh, not a boring summer to say the least. Now, where does Casey in the league go from here now the Stanley Cup final is done? Well, we might not have Stanley Cup final best bets. We will always keep an eye on the futures. We'll find other futures to talk about in player prop bets. We'll, of course, anticipate who our biggest point guys or point gods, as you guys know I love to say. Uh, scores and our statistical superhumans are going to be heading into next season. But what I'm most excited about here on Case in the League and why I would love for you guys to stay tuned with us is because we're going to have reporters, beat writers, uh, arena hosts from each team in the league come and give us their season recap perspective. Um, They're going to pick a song that encompasses what that season looked like or felt like. And then they're going to let us know what moves are happening in the organization. So you're going to hear from the heartbeat itself of what players are potentially on the chopping block, what players may be safe, where the cap space looks like as they get ready to head into another season. And then, of course, the reviews before we jump into training camp come September. So we're not going anywhere this summer. We are still working and casing the league, bringing you all top NHL news, hot topics, and whatever future bets are out 
there. We've got two special guests lined up for the next week and I'll announce them on Twitter. So you're going to want to follow me at the sports case. That's K-A-S-E. Also at casing the league, K-A-S-I-N-G, the league over at Believe Network for all clips, coverage updates, and to check out all of the other amazing shows covering all sports over there. Hockey fans, enjoy the downtime. Enjoy the offseason. Stick with us here as we bring you all offseason moves and conversations. And other than that, Vegas Golden Knights, congratulations. Thank you guys so much for joining me, Casey Hudson, here on Casey the League on Believe Network. And until next time, guys, I'll catch you later. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.